In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. As that lovely British accent just told you, this is the internationally acclaimed OGGN HSE podcast. We are heard in over 100 countries and we're sponsored by KnowledgeVine, the leader in human performance, the ultimate in safety, training, and technology. KnowledgeVine is the evolution of human performance and you can learn more at KnowledgeVine.com. Better yet, at this website, you can also find out about and you can register for the second annual HPAC, our Human Performance in Action Conference, which is sponsored by Knowledge Vine and the HP Community of Practice, and it'll be held in Houston, Texas at the Downtown Hyatt Regency, April 17th through the 19th. Folks, this is going to be a great safety conference. The uh, the conference theme is identifying and managing risk, the science, data, and application of working safely. The other thing is it will be probably the most reasonably priced conference that you can go to this year. So you really ought to check it out. And my listeners on top of that can get a discount by using the code OGGNHSE podcast. Okay. My guest on the show today is Michael Kern. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so Michael Curran, I said the last name right, Curran, C-U-R-R-A-N. You go by Mike or Michael? Mike's just fine. Okay. All right, Mike. As is said in the introduction to our show, I mentioned that lovely British accent, and then my East Texas accent follows that, so uh, it definitely gives it the international flavor. And the HS part, the health and safety part, is all about the theme of this show, which is everybody coming home safe. But the environmental part is another segment, and we have a motto for that. And the motto is that the oil and gas industry is not the problem with the environment. The oil and gas industry is going to be the solution to the problem with our environment. And we have guests on from time to time that just prove that. And that's why I'm excited to have you on the show today, because it's going to be another example of this. And I can't wait to get into it. But first of all, Mike, tell us who you are. Where are we recording from right now? All right. Yeah, I'm Mike Curran. I am the owner of Abnova Ecological Solutions. I have headquarters in Cheyenne, Wyoming and Manasquan, New Jersey. Today, I'm based out of New Jersey. Now, hang on here just a minute. Wyoming and New Jersey, those two, how does that go together? I grew up in New Jersey on the Atlantic coast here in Southern Monmouth County or, or Manasquan. Went to my undergrad at University of Delaware. I moved from there down to Virginia and Traveled around with a band for about a year, year and a half, came back to New Jersey, worked at a plant nursery, and then I went and did my master's and my PhD in Wyoming. From there, I moved to Mississippi and postdoc at Mississippi State University for a year, and then came back to New Jersey, started up Abnova Ecological Solutions in February 2022. And my first big client last year was the Wyoming Abandoned Mine Land Program. So I go back and forth between oil, gas, and mining out in the Rocky Mountain West. And then I do some coastal resilience ecology out in New Jersey in the Mid-Atlantic. Oh, wow. That's quite the circuit. That's very impressive. So this master's and PhD, what's it in? 
My master's is in rangeland ecology and watershed management, and my PhD is in ecology. Well, we always have the best experts on this show, and so that's another reason I'm glad to have you on here today, Mike. Let's just jump right into why I wanted you to come on the show and why I'm excited about this topic that we're going to discuss. So go back to that title you used for what you're involved with, that energy company in Wyoming. Yeah, my company is Abnova Ecological Solutions, and we focus on anything related to ecology. What we really try to do is use our ecological knowledge and expertise to understand our clients' problems and provide solutions. One of the things that I always look at is a whole system and how it processes. So from soil to vegetation to how insects and wildlife are all kind of involved, I think one of the things where we connected was on some of my recent research about how insects and how pollinators are responding to oil and gas reclamation efforts out in Wyoming. Yeah, so you said it was some kind of program, something about abandoned wells or some abandoned well reclamation or something? Yeah, I work with the Wyoming Abandoned Mine Land Program. So those are old coal, uranium, bentonite, some heavy metal, and trona mines out in Wyoming. So I developed their monitoring and reporting program for their reclamation efforts out there. I work with a few engineering firms on building seed mixes and reclamation plans. And then I do a lot with their data management and how we're tracking all their reclamation efforts. And I work with some oil and gas companies out in the Rocky Mountains as well. Okay, so I went onto your website, abnovaecology.com forward slash publications, and that was what got my attention and what I wanted to talk to you about. So the idea, of course, is that, uh, you know, the big bad oil companies, they go in and they uh, mess up nature and the ecology by constructing a pad and drilling a well, and then they leave it and everything's all screwed up. You've got some studies and you've done some work that tells a different story, right? Yeah, that's correct. My time at the University of Wyoming was pretty unique. My master's was actually funded by BP, the oil and gas company. They wanted a database to improve their reclamation practices. So I started building that out, tracking everything from how they were handling soil to what kind of soil amendments they were putting down on the ground, what kind of seed mixes they were using to reclaim their initial surface disturbance. I presented that to the Petroleum Association of Wyoming, I believe in December 2012. And at that meeting, the Fish and Wildlife Service was there, the Bureau of Land Management and some other state government agencies. February 2013, just before I was set to finish my master's program, the Fish and Wildlife Service called me and asked if I could scale that up. So I wound up basically taking a year off of being a graduate student and traveling around Wyoming, I got 26 oil and gas operating companies to start contributing to this effort. And what we found really across the board is usually upwards of 75 or 80% of initial disturbance from oil and gas is going into reclamation or restoration efforts soon thereafter. And that's in the upstream. So these well pads, typically we're seeing three quarters or 80% of them going into being reseeded and reclaimed, whereas pipelines almost immediately after the ground's disturbed and those pipelines are buried, and that soil's going back over them and operators are, yeah, putting seed mixes in the ground. So I worked with a lot of these companies to try to improve those practices and, yeah, started really tracking how 
those practices were turning out and if in fact there was any improvements. I did some research in Pinedale, Wyoming and in the Jonah Field in Sublette County, two of the hardest areas in the United States to get vegetation to grow. They're seeing things on average of maybe 39 to 50 frost-free days a year, so a month to a month and a half of non-freezing. Seven inches of precipitation would be a wet year up there. And what I really started looking at was how vegetation communities were responding and how invertebrate communities, mainly insects, were responding. And the reason for my insect studies is insects provide more ecosystem services than any other animal species on the planet. They're the drivers of terrestrial food webs. 96% of terrestrial birds eat insects. They provide pollinating services, which getting plant pollinator networks established on these revegetated communities is pretty paramount to get these plants to set seed and develop these self-perpetuating communities. And yeah, a study that was just accepted for publication in a journal called Animals, a special edition specifically on pollinator conservation, showed that in the Jonah field, these operating companies are enhancing pollinator populations by up to 22 times compared to what they were before or what you're seeing in adjacent, quote unquote, undisturbed rangeland communities. That was the thing that got my attention. That's actually the message that I wanted to really stress on this program today. I want to shout it from the mountaintops and, and every woke boardroom. So what you actually found out was, and just repeat that for the sake of the audience, because what you're saying is you actually discovered that you're better off going into, say, a sensitive natural wildlife area, constructing a pad, drilling a well, then reclaiming it, you're better off then than if you'd have just left it alone and never drilled. Is that what you just said? Well, yeah. What I'm saying is these oil and gas companies, if they can do reclamation in a good manner, they can have a really positive impact on the native ecosystem there. You know, oftentimes the way that they're managing some of these sagebrush steppe ecosystems is by things like prescribed burning, where they're intentionally going in and burning out sagebrush to try to promote these young, more vigorous vegetation communities. And yeah, the instances I'm talking about, we can almost look at these construction disturbance and then subsequent reclamation efforts as analogous to prescribed burning, that these companies are getting these young vegetation communities, increasing the amount of native flowers, increasing the amount of native grasses in the system, and yeah, benefiting insects and wildlife from that avenue. And particularly, we're talking about a couple things. One is bees, right? And pollinization. Right. Yeah. That study, the only actual bees that we found in Sublette County, Wyoming, in our study, which took place over three years, were on these reclaimed well pad locations. We didn't find any bees in the native sagebrush system surrounding these well pads. We found a bunch of other, we found 34 families of insects up there. All of the families of bees were on our reclaimed well pad systems. There was one family of beetles, the chrysomylid beetles or leaf beetles. Up in Wyoming, we've got a issue of sage grouse, this bird that's of always on the news under the Endangered Species Act and what have you. Well, we know from weeks five to 12 in sage grouse chick diets, one of their main sources of protein are these leaf beetles. We found 180 times more of them on our reclaimed systems than in our native system. So 
yeah, not only are these insects up there, bees and pollinators, they're beetles, which are protein for these birds. There's flies and ants and a bunch of other insects up there as well. But yeah, the vast majority of them are occurring on these reclaimed vegetation communities. That's incredible. That's actually great news. Now, with regards to uh, pipelines, you've got some data on uh, the monarch butterfly. Is that right? I don't have data on the monarch butterfly. What we have spoke about is I think I can take these concepts to a pipeline system. I actually have a project I hope to be working on this summer up in the same area looking at pipeline revegetation. But yeah, when I look at the pipeline map in the United States, a lot of pipeline runs right through these monarch corridors. And I think really what my research has shown is insects are one type of animal where truly if you build it, they will come. If you build their habitat, they're going to respond to it. And I think these pipeline systems would be the perfect solution for monarch flyways if we can get the milkweed and the they require plants from the Asclepius family, which are commonly referred to as milkweeds. If we can get them growing on these pipelines, I think the quantitative results showing improvement to monarch habitat would be profound. So back to the original premise, we actually can be the solution to the environment, right? I believe so. And we need oil and gas for so many things that humans depend on. And as we're developing it, I believe these companies can be very responsible stewards of the environment and certainly yeah, be a big solution to a lot of environmental challenges that are out there. And so your company, Abnova Ecology, you can help these companies with that, correct? Yeah, that's what I specialize in. So I use my ecology knowledge and I can work with companies to just kind of understand what sort of problems and issues they're facing once I really understand their problems, I'm pretty good at taking, you know, PhD level ecology down to layman's terms and making it understandable for anyone, whether I'm teaching a third grade class, working with an operator, working with a government agency, or speaking to other PhDs and provide practical solutions to some of these problems. You know, some of the stuff I do is data management, geographic information systems, some of it's developing seed mixes or soil amendment plans. And a lot of what I do is focused on monitoring. I've developed techniques to monitor this stuff, which range from 10 to 40 times faster than traditional techniques. Some of that health and safety component that you mentioned before, using drones and things like that to ensure human safety. So yeah, there's a lot that I can do to help these companies. Okay. Well, Mike, I'm really glad we hooked up and I'm really glad to introduce you to our audience today. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Folks, as always, we'll put Mike's contact information, his LinkedIn URL, his website. You need to reach out to this guy. He's got something that I think is very useful. And as I said, what he does and what he can do, showing companies how to responsibly reclaim the areas they disturb when they drill a well and then actually make it better in the long run. That's the kind of thing that we need to be doing in the first place. And it's also the kind of thing that everybody needs to know about. So thanks to everyone, as always, again, for listening. And, you know, especially with a subject like this, go tell your friends about it. Tell your friends to listen, post us on LinkedIn, your other social media, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or there's a review link in the show notes. And please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vines Oil and Gas HSE podcast, production of the Oil and Gas Global Network.
KnowledgeVine is your dependable partner for full-service human performance and safety consulting, KnowledgeVine error reduction that works. Discover more about KnowledgeVine by finding in the show notes our website link and other contact information, including that conference discount code that I mentioned. Or you can simply reach out to me on LinkedIn, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for having me today. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.